Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, hey, welcome to Calvary Live. My name is Cody King, and I'm your host today, taking your questions and uh, answering your uh, prayer requests, praying with you as well. I want to welcome all of our listeners on Grace FM up and down the front range. Hey, it is my privilege to be with you today. It's such a cool thing that we're able to connect through the radio waves, through technology, uh, to be able to talk about the things of the Lord, to be able to pray together, to be able to kind of wrestle over some of the diff- different theological concepts that come up as we're, you know, just thinking about the things of the Lord, or maybe something you heard in a recent sermon, or even maybe you were reading something in your own devotion time, and, uh, you know, that came up, or, uh, you know, just how do things play out in my life, and is there is there something God has to say about this situation that I'm dealing with in life, or all those things. Uh, it's great to be able to talk about those things, to be able to connect in that way, and uh, so I just want to welcome you up and down the front range, but also I uh, want to welcome our listeners on the East Coast on Hope FM in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Maryland, also Truth FM in Tennessee, North Carolina, and Kentucky. Hey, if you are listening to this broadcast on either Hope FM or Truth FM, I just want to remind you that you're hearing this broadcast on a one-week delay. So what you're hearing right now actually happened last week. Uh, But there's still people in studio to take your calls, to answer your prayer requests, to pray with you. So we would love to hear from you on the East Coast. So please still call in. As well, I'd love to welcome all of our listeners uh, online uh, and through the Grace FM app. You can... You know, connect through uh, those ways as well. Uh, you know, just by listening online as well as through the app. Uh, and we have listeners all over uh, the um, all, all over the world that are just that are tuning in. So, just want to thank you for tuning in. You really make this uh, this hour, this show, what it is. Um, you know, you're the one who can call. I mean, I can preach a message to you, and I I, I will, uh, but. Uh, if you have things that you're thinking about, stuff that's on your mind, we would love to be able to connect with you. Again, my name is Cody King. I am the lead and founding pastor at uh, Redemption Calvary. Uh, we're in the northeast side of Denver, Metro Denver area. Basically, um, you know, we're in the Commerce City, Henderson area. Basically, basically Brighton. Okay, so when you're thinking, if you're part of, you know, the the Denver area, and you're thinking about the northeast part of the Metro Denver area, uh, that's where we're at. It's pretty much all the way up to Brighton, which you're probably thinking is really far away. Uh, but it doesn't feel feel that far away to us. Uh, we're currently holding services, Sunday service at Henderson Community Church, which is on 120th Avenue, about a quarter mile east of Highway 85. So if you're just traveling north on 85, hit 120th Avenue, turn right, and you'll find us there on the left-hand side. We got one Sunday morning service at 11 a.m., uh, and we would love to have you join us. We're currently studying through the book of 1 Samuel. It has been an epic, amazing study. Uh, God has so much to say to us every single week as we just faithfully open his word, 
read it and and study it. If you would like to get directions to the church, if you want to listen to sermons, if you want to get more information you can about our church, you can check out our website. It's redemptioncalvary.org. That's redemptioncalvary.org. Something else that we've started uh, over the summer is uh, we're doing a Wednesday night service. This is the first time we've been able to do it as a church. Uh, so we're doing a Wednesday night service through the summer, um, pretty much May, June, and July. Uh, but we, you know, one of the things that we do as a church is we have a pretty strong small group model that we follow. So, uh, we'll take a break from Wednesday night service in August and go back to small groups. We call them life groups. Uh, but through the summer, we're doing a Wednesday night service. And in that Wednesday night service, what we're doing is we're actually studying, uh, we're, we're having a, a whole series on studying the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. So we'd love to have you join us for that. So Sunday night, uh, excuse me, Wednesday nights at 7 p.m., and then also Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. Hey, can I ask you to pray for us? Uh, something I just is just kind of on my heart and mind um, as a church. We're in the middle of trying to find a new place to meet at, um, and so I just want to. If you if you're a believer, uh, if you're a Christian, then I would just love to ask for you to pray for us as a church, Redemption Calvary. Uh, we're trying to find a new place, and uh, through some kind of pretty amazing chain of events. We're actually trying to maybe buy something. Uh, and so that would be a really cool thing if the Lord would open the door for us to be able to do that. Um, and so anyway, just uh, would love for you to be able to join in prayer with us as we seek the Lord on that. Again, you can check out our website. It's redemptioncalvary.org. Uh, you can also listen to our radio program right here on Grace FM. It airs weeknights at 8 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 9.30 in the morning. Um, it's a beautiful day to talk about Jesus and the Bible. You can give me a call at 303-690-3000, or you can also send in a text message at 720-336-0897. Let's go to line one and Tammy in Decono with her question. Tammy, you're on Calvary Live. Hi. Um, Hi, Tammy. I have a question as what the best thing is to do. I'm I'm involved on a worship team in a small church close to home, and I've been singing with them. In fact, I'm on my way to practice with the band right now. Okay. Um, but over the past few months, I have noticed some kind of tension or discord um, between me and a couple of the, the people, and I'm not really sure. Um, but I, I must have said or done something that offended somebody. I don't know the best way to handle it because I, part of me just wants to walk away and go to another church um, and start over, but part of me is thinking that's the wrong thing to do. Mm. Um, and I thought maybe I could just get another opinion. I was actually on my way there right now and was thinking I was going to give them notice that this was my last weekend of wow. singing with them. So I just thought I'd, when I turned on the radio and I heard you guys, I thought, you know, maybe that's God telling me that I should just get a little guidance from someone else. Yeah, I'm glad you, I'm glad you called in. Now, when you, when you're wrestling over this, is there, you, you said there's not really anything that you can put your finger on. There's nothing that you're, you can point to and say, oh, it was this event or this thing that took place. It's just, kind of a, a strange feeling that you're getting from everybody? Yes, exactly. Um, I, I wish I understood what it was, but it, it feels like like a click. Like I have experienced um, at work in one situation that turned out to be a really 
in terms, you know, I held on to that position for about five years, and it was brutal emotionally, and I can just see the beginnings of what I went through there, and I think that's part of the fear that makes me just want to leave and go to another church because I feel like it's such a distraction, but I don't want to do that if it's the wrong thing to do, and I'm just wondering, should I try to talk to them? Um, But if I do that, is that going to make things worse? So I just don't know what to do. Yeah, that's a really, really great question. I, I appreciate your heart and all of it, trying to navigate it and figure it out. Really, you know, there's there's a few things that come to mind as you're talking, and one of them is that relationships are complex. There, there are just so many layers to things, and that's where that's where you're struggling. Is how do I handle this? How do I go about it? What's the right thing to do? And and it's just it's difficult for us to to know exactly how to navigate certain situations. The other part of it that I think is really important is this thought that the church is it's got to be a lot more than a place you go to. It has to be a people that you're a part of. Really, the whole thing has to do with and revolves around the concept of relationship. Um, And so if in the middle of all of this, um, it, it, you know, church is sort of this, uh, this building or organization or the group of people that lead the church, they're the church, but I go there or something like that, then the church has shifted in our minds to something that the Lord never really intended it to be. I mean, Jesus valued relationships so much that that's why he died. That's the whole point. It's relationship. Um, and so when you're, when you're talking, the verse that comes to mind is actually out of Matthew chapter 5. Um, in Matthew 5, this is where Jesus is uh, preaching um, on, uh, you know, it's the, uh, you know, he's got his disciples gathered on the mountainside there. And then you have the Beatitudes in the very beginning of Matthew 5. And then it goes on and Jesus starts to, to say a number of different things. And it's kind of sort of tucked away in the middle of something that, that would uh, almost, we would read over it because it doesn't seem to make sense contextually for us. But uh, I'll, I'll read a few verses to grab some context leading into it, and you'll see, I think you'll hear why. In Matthew 5.21, it says this, you've heard it said that, uh, you've heard it, it was said of those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. But I say to you, whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whoever says to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council. But whoever says, you fool, shall be in danger of hellfire. Now, those two verses, you kind of read those and you go, wow, that's that's a little bit crazy. That, I'm not even thinking about murder at all. Uh, here's where I, these verses are sort of tucked into that and where we tend to read over it. It's actually verses 23 and 24, the next couple of verses. It says this, therefore, Jesus is speaking, therefore... If you bring your gift to the altar and there, remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. And then, it, you know, it goes on in verses 25 and 26 talking about, you know, if uh, don't don't uh, allow your adversary to take you to court. Instead, try to try to just, you know, uh, settle the issue outside of the court. So anyway, they're basically in the middle of all this, there's this verses 23 and 24, Matthew 5, 23 and 24. Jesus says, if you're, if you're going to go to your, to the altar to offer your gift, which I think is really 
interesting that you're literally on your way to go to uh, practice for the 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 worship team, um, and in the middle of this. You're on your way, and this is what's on your mind. It's almost as if the exact scenario is playing out that Jesus described. Um, what he says is, don't don't just go about your business and just go through the motions of of offering your sacrifice or bringing your gift to God, which in this this case, this scenario, wouldn't be an animal sacrifice. It's a sacrifice of praise. You're going to hone your craft and work on the gift that God's given you to help lead his people in worship. And in that, Jesus says, if you realize there's something that uh, a brother has against you, then you should go first and try to be reconciled to your brother. Uh, And so what Jesus is pointing us to is to say um, that you should go to them. Now, there's another side of this in Matthew chapter 18, where Jesus teaches literally the opposite and says, if you have something against your brother, you need to go to them. Uh, And so what Jesus does is he essentially places the burden of responsibility on both parties. If you recognize that something, somebody has something against you, then you have the responsibility to go to them. Also, if they recognize that they have something against you, then they have the responsibility to go to you. Um, And so I I would just encourage you to have a simple conversation. I I don't think it would be wise at this point, especially with something so muddy in terms of uh, why all of this is taking place, to just go in and quit and find a new church. Because the point of church isn't to go to a place, it's the people. And so I think that what Jesus is doing, whether it's in you or it's in them or in both or even in multiple different layers, what he's doing is he's trying to draw us to be more like him through the relationships that we have with other people. Uh, And so while it's difficult, while it may be awkward, while it may be uh, maybe feel like it's there's some tension around it, I would just say, hey, is there is there something that that's an issue between us. I felt I felt some tension. Is something going on that I'm not aware of? And just let them talk. Ask the you know ask the question and leave it open. And then I would just listen. I, I would listen and I would pray and ask God to give me discernment in, and wisdom into what it is that they're thinking and, and what they're saying, so that I can hear their heart. Um, and, and I think through that you'll be it'll be very clear if something's an issue that can be resolved, or if this is something that's crazy that I just I can't participate in. Thank you so much. Um, I'm glad I called in because I, I think that that might be the best thing. I'll just uh, I'll just talk to him then tonight instead. Yeah. Um, but it, it's crazy that I, I turned on the radio and there you guys were, <laughs> and then That's I was awesome. planning. So thank you. Very cool. Yeah. Can I pray for you, Tammy? Oh, I would really appreciate that. All right. Yeah, let's pray. Father, I just want to bring Tammy before you and ask that you would uh, encourage her, that you would bless her. I pray that, God, you would show her very clearly, give her spiritual wisdom and discernment as she goes into this uh, this meeting with some tension, with some anxiety over the situation and some uncertainty about the outcome. Lord, I pray that you would uh, go before her in this and that you would uh, give her the right heart, the right mind, the right words to say all the things that need to be said, um, and that she would also be able to hear from them uh, what's happening on the other side. Lord, we pray that the truth would be revealed. We pray that um, things wouldn't be concealed, but that you would be glorified. And we ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you God bless you, Tammy. Yeah, call us back and uh, let us know how things go. Okay, thanks. All right, God bless you. You too. Bye. Bye. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. My name is Cody King. I'm here in studio taking your calls. 
uh, answering questions and prayer requests, and I'd love to be able to hear from you. The number is 303-690-3000. You can uh, call us at that number. Also, you can send in text messages at 720-336-0897. By way of reminder, that text line, um, no one's going to answer that. So if you try to call the text line, you're just, it's just going to ring and no one's going to answer. Uh, but you can text that number and we'd love to be able to hear from you that way uh, and to be able to, uh, to answer your questions and prayer requests through that as well. Um, so uh, uh, like we were saying, um, at, Cal- at Redemption Calvary, one of the things that we've recently, uh, where I'm the pastor, Redemption Calvary, where I'm, uh, I'm the pastor there, one of the things that we've recently come in, up against is uh, just sort of a, a situation where we've got to find a new space to meet in. And uh, one of the things that I think about when I think about that is how God often puts us in these kinds of situations. Have you ever been in a situation like that where you just felt like there was no way out, that you were sort of backed into a corner, that it was sort of an impossible situation, that uh, you couldn't really tell which direction to go. It felt like the walls were closing in around you. Um, As I look at scripture, God does this with his people often. It's just one of the things that he does. He places his people in impossible situations. Why? Well, it's not because he's mean. It's not because he's vindictive or he just is bored and wants to mess with you. Uh, It's because God is actually doing something in the middle of these situations. Uh, One of the the things I think about in that is in the book of Exodus, as the people of Israel have cried out to God, they've been enslaved for over 400 years. They cry out to God and say, God, would you deliver us from this slavery? And God raises up this deliverer, Moses, and uh, he comes and uh, through these 10 plagues that come upon Egypt, the people are set free and they leave. They, they, they gather their stuff. They, um, they put it all, you know, together. They start walking, they start leaving and they're following God. They're, they're faithfully following God. God is leading them. It's the scripture tells us in the middle of the day as a pillar of cloud, and at night as a pillar of fire that God leads his people. And where does he lead them? Well, he leads them to the Red Sea. That's where God takes his people out of Egypt to the Red Sea. And some of the description that we're given there in Exodus is that they actually are in a valley and they're trapped. That's one of the things that's taking place, that there's a mountain on one side, there's a mountain on the other side, and there's the sea at their uh, to, in, in front of them, the Red Sea. And then behind them, is the Egyptian army coming to take them back into captivity. They're, they're trapped. They're, they were led into an impossible situation. And, and maybe, you know, you know the scriptures, so you know the rest of the story, and you're like, yeah, God parts the Red Sea, and they walk through and all that. But, th- but, but think about that for a moment. They didn't know that. They had no idea what was about to happen. All they knew was, we're trapped. And maybe you feel like that. Maybe you feel like there's a situation in your life right now where you just feel trapped. You feel like the walls are closing in. You feel like the enemy is is closing in. You feel like there's no way out. And yet, in the middle of that, God is able to come through. And so I just want to to encourage you to trust him. Trust that the Lord can do exceedingly and abundantly beyond what you can ask or think that his capacity is greater than you might think. 
his ability to part the sea, to, to create some way that you couldn't even have imagined that that's something that God can do. Nobody in the, in the camp of Israel, nobody in the nation of Israel, including Moses, had any idea that God was going to part the Red Sea. They all stood there freaking out, not knowing any idea uh, about what uh, to do. Um, and so um, the, the, the really, you know, kind of, I guess, important thing to, to point out is that the Lord is faithful. Uh, he is so good. He's able. Um, and his, his imagination exceeds yours. And he can think up ways in which we can, uh, we can come through in, um, uh, and experience his miraculous moving in, in supernatural ways. So, um, hey, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, the number here is 303-690-3000 or send us a text at 720-336-0897. Hey, currently we have all open lines. So if you would like to jump in, if you got something on your heart and mind that you want to talk through, uh, then go ahead and um, uh, give us a call or send us a text. I, I usually try to filter in as many of the text messages as I can along the way. So if you're wondering, should I text? Because I've done it before and nothing, you know, I didn't get through. Um, then I, I'd love to be able to answer some of your texts for you. Uh, like I said here at Redemption Calvary, one of the things that we're doing is we are going through the book of First Samuel and it has been an amazing, epic time. We're actually just about to start uh, this this coming Sunday. We're going to start chapter 16, which if you know the book of 1 Samuel, then chapter 16 is a major shift in the book where David is revealed. Up until this point, the whole storyline has been about Samuel. You know, the, the very beginning is about how Samuel is born to barren parents, that they couldn't have kids and Hannah cries out and says, God, I'd love to have a child and I'll dedicate him back to you all the days of his life. And uh, as, as he does, as uh, Samuel is born, um, he is uh, dedicated to the Lord and literally grows up in the temple and is, uh, just has this tremendous heart for the Lord. And then after some time, uh, the people of Israel realize that Samuel is old and his sons are just not godly men. And so they need a new leader and they ask for a king. And so God gives them Saul uh, as the first king. And so, uh, you know, really the, the whole storyline centers around these two guys of Samuel and Saul until chapter 16. And then it takes a huge turn uh, to where uh, uh, David comes on the scene. And then throughout the rest of the book of First Samuel, it's this interplay between David and Saul. And sometimes Samuel shows up as well. But uh, David and Saul are really the focus of all of it and how God has called uh, David to be the king and how Saul is trying to hold on to a position that no longer belongs to him. Uh, it's uh, just a tremendous thing. So I'm excited to jump into chapter 16 this Sunday. It's going to be an amazing time together. Uh, we'd love to have you join us. You can check out you know, all the stuff about our church at redemptioncalvary.org. Uh, we got a text message that has come in. It says, are you familiar with Foursquare churches? Uh, what are your thoughts concerning their beliefs? Um, so Foursquare churches um, are essentially, um, they're, they're sort of on the, if I could say it this way, and I may misspeak a little bit, uh, they are on the Pentecostal side uh, of things. 
Um, and so, you know, they are, um, they're sort of, uh, one of those churches that are, you know, like, uh, uh, they, they believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Um, but in my opinion, I would say they tend to go a little bit far, um, with some of that, uh, some of the, you know, uh, the gifts of the spirit and that, and that kind of a thing. Um, uh, w- one of the things that I would say about it is that, um, you know, the, uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm hesitating because I don't want to speak ill uh, of a church. So here's where I would say that th- that things tend to get a little bit off. It's the idea that within the the range or this sliding scale of beliefs about the Holy Spirit, there are a couple of extremes. Um, there's the one extreme about the um, the the idea that the Holy Spirit doesn't work in our in modern Christianity, the way that he does in in the Bible, that's called cessationism. And then there's another extreme um, that is uh, on the other side of the sliding scale, where it's to say that God is still working the way that he did in the times of the Bible, and he's continued continuing to work in ways that are that are not in the Bible, that are just that are what I would say extra biblical, that are outside the scripture in different ways like that. And that would be what I would say is charismatic. Now on the sliding scale toward the charismatic side is Pentecostalism. And uh where where Pentecostalism is established is to say that uh the Lord moves and works in uh in these ways and as he does um, what he's doing is he is, uh, uh, you know, you know, moving in, in with the Holy Spirit. And I wouldn't necessarily, you know, disagree with a Pentecostal on many things other than this. There's, here's the major uh, point of concern that I would have with most Pentecostals. Uh, most Pentecostals would believe that you are not actually filled with the Holy Spirit unless you speak in tongues. Um, and so that's where I would draw a line. I, and I would say there's, there's no, I mean, there's, there's sort of an obscure verse that they point to about that. Uh, but to say that the way that you know that the Holy Spirit has filled you is when you speak in tongues. Uh, I would say, I would sharply disagree with that. I personally do not speak in tongues. I know other believers who, who have the gift of tongues and, uh, and the Lord uses them with that, in a mighty way. So for me personally, I don't have that gift. Uh, and I would, I would argue very sharply that the Holy Spirit absolutely lives inside of me. Why? Well, because first John says that, uh, the way that you know, that you know, that you're saved, the way that you know that the Holy Spirit lives within you is by his love being poured out through you. So the greatest gift, first Corinthians 13, isn't tongues. It's not prophecy. It's not teaching. It's love. When the love of God is poured out in you and through you, then you're able uh, to experience uh, that the, the glory of the Lord. So, uh, great question. So that's you know, uh, for a four square church, I you know I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say there's necessarily anything wrong with going to a, a four square church if that's the kind of church that you would like to go to. But here's what you got to know: every single church is going to be a little bit different depending on who the leaders are. So if the leaders love and honor the Lord, I don't care what denomination they're a part of, they're going to love and honor the Lord. Um, if the leaders do not love and honor the Lord, and they're just using a name in order to try to sound like they love the Lord, uh, to, to try to attract people, I know that people do that with the Calvary Chapel name all the time. 
They try to stamp the Calvary Chapel name on their church to attract people um, because uh, of the ways that Calvary Chapels are known, um, and the the church is run in a very poor way from a leadership perspective. And so really, I would say, you know, for, for this text message question, uh, you would have to really um, kind of consider it uh, on, on your own uh, and kind of check that church out. Maybe check out their doctrinal beliefs and see if there's anything that raises a red flag. I would also say as you're checking out churches, um, you should probably go to a church a couple of times. You know, I don't don't judge it based on once. You know, I would show up two, three times at least to a church before saying, hey, this is a church I want to be a part of or not. So, all right, uh, you hear the music. So we're going to go to a break. Uh, we will be back on the other side to grab some questions and prayer requests. God bless you. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, thanks for tuning in to Calvary Live. My name is Cody King. I'm here taking your calls, answering your questions, and taking your prayer requests. Uh, Just want to say thank you to all of our listeners and welcome all of our listeners on Grace FM up and down the front range here in Colorado. Uh, also, all of our listeners on Hope FM and Truth FM. Hey, just a reminder, if you're listening on the East Coast, uh, that you are listening to this broadcast on a one-week delay. Uh, so just remember that when you call in, you may not necessarily get the same person, but we would still love to hear from you. We'd still love to talk to you and uh, love to connect with you. Uh, so let's go to the phone lines now. Uh, we have uh, uh, George in, on line two in Maryland. George, you're on Calvary Live. Hi, I'm in Evans, Colorado. Oh, you are? Okay. They, yeah. um, uh, I want to no have a page report for my son. Yeah. George, because he got a new job. He got he was raised in the church, but he kind of fell away. Oh, wow. But, but never... He's lately he's he's saying God bless you and all that now, so I think he's coming back. That's really really great. That's awesome to see. It's hard, you know, as parents uh, when we raise our children to know that they have to make their own choice in the things of the Lord and to dedicate them to God that way because they can go whichever way they decide. That's right. That's right. Yes. Yeah. So So praise the Lord that uh, that there's some. There's some talk about God in his language that's really good. Do you know if he's uh, mentioned anything about church or the Bible or anything like that? Um, not yet. He's going to get ready to go to church, but with his family, I think. Okay, really good. Very, very yeah. cool. I want to yeah, you... pray for his new job. He got a new job. Okay. Tuesday, yeah. he went for an interview, and he got. He says he got the job today. Now he's look, waiting for the background check. Awesome. Very, very cool. And his name is George? Yes. Okay, very cool. Yeah, let's pray for him. Okay. Lord, we want to lift up George to you, and thank you for the evidence that we see in his life that you're moving in his life. Um, It is such an amazing thing to know that you're so kind, that you're so gracious, that you don't give up on us. Even if we give up on you, you won't give up on us, and that you continue to pursue us. And we thank you for pursuing George, and we pray that, Lord, you would stir his heart, stir his mind to know you, uh, to be um, uh, just 
brought to the point of seeing you for who you really are. God, we pray that you would cause him to want to open his Bible, to read uh, the, the scriptures and to find more about who you are. We pray that you would also lead him to a godly, Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church that will love and care for him and shepherd him well uh, and cause him to be able to grow in you. And Lord, that there would be a, an amazing reunion uh, between him and his parents to be able to, to see how, God, you've come through. So we commit him to you. We also want to pray for his new job. Thank you for your provision. Uh, we pray that he would do well, and God, that you'd go before him in that. Fill him, Lord, with your spirit as he submits to you and cause him to come to the end of himself and to see you uh, lifted high. We pray in Jesus' name. Yes, amen and amen. Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks for calling in. God bless you. Okay, bye. God bless. All right. All right. You're listening to Calvary Live. My name's Cody. I'm here in studio taking your calls and your prayer requests. Love to hear from you. You can give us a call at 303-690-3000 and also send in text messages at 720-336-0897. Let's go to line one and Anthony in Pennsylvania. Anthony, you're on Calvary Live. Hey, great. And uh, a shout out to Swanson and Corson. Uh found out about you guys a couple of years ago, so thank you very much. A wonderful awesome. ministry. So this is a little heavy theological. The question is, being the body of Christ and also the bride of Christ, well, the bride generally is considered with the Hebrew-Jewish nation, and as a Gentile and those after Christ, that were Jewish and were saved would be the body of Christ. So what do you see as the difference, and uh, what does that mean? Sure. I think that's a really, really good question. So I, I guess so. here's kind of where I would take a little bit of a step back and, and sort of see a bigger picture before going directly into these ideas. Um, and so, uh, you know, essentially what I would say is that really what these these ideas are is that they are imagery, they're symbols, they're ideas um, about the way that we have relationship with God. Um, you know, there are, there are lots of them. You know, we have the symbolism of the idea of a body. We have the symbolism of the idea of a bride. We have the symbolism of the idea of a shepherd with sheep, um, a father with children, the Bible uh, with a, a worker and their boss. Uh, there, there are all sorts of different kinds of um, imagery that's used applied to Jesus and his believers. Uh, now, the, the church is it's comprised of those who have trusted in Jesus as their personal Lord, their personal Savior. Um, and so really, that's what it comes down to, is what we're talking about is the church. Now, um, the, what I would essentially say is that whether you're talking about the idea of the bride of Christ or you're talking about the body of Christ, they are they are um, two different images used for the same thing. It's talking about the people of God in the New so Testament. So you're saying they're a simile? Yes, they're just two different uh, ways of seeing it. Because because kind of what you sounded and, and please forgive me if you don't like this, you almost sounded almost Gnostic. And that that would that would concern me greatly. <laughs> what, so I uh, hope that's what not what that? you were edging on, because I think the Bible is very divide the word of truth. So I'm very cautious in saying that there's 
the bride and the body are the same. Okay, so could what do you mean by sounding Gnostic? Well, you're like, well, you have this and you have that, and and that's there's parables and there's fact, and it's pretty clear on what is what. Okay, sure. And, so here, let me read a verse for you, real quick. Ephesians sure, chapter sure, five. You. Ephesians chapter five, verse twenty-five says this: Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. So it's very, very clear in this that what we're talking about is a bride and a groom relationship, and Jesus is the centerpiece of it. And as you continue on further, it says this, uh, verse 31, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother, be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church." So the the bride of the of Christ is the church. It's it's not Israel. It's the church. Now in the New Testament, yeah. So in the New Testament, what we're talking about here is that the Jews and Gentiles are both made part of the church, which is a new thing, uh, New Testament wise. Uh, where they're both brought together into this relationship. So that's uh, that's where the idea uh, kind of comes together. Um, and so it's all being brought together in that. So hope that helps you. God bless you. Have a great rest of your day. Um, again, my name is Cody. I'm here in, uh, in Colorado taking your calls, answering your questions and your prayer requests and would love to be able to hear from you, give us a call 303-690-3000 or send in a text message at 720-336-0897. Let's go to line three and Brent in Denver. Brent, you're on Calvary Live. Hi, Pastor. Thanks for having me on. Um, I was reading in the Before the Flood, and Jesus had mentioned that uh, his his return will be, as it were, in the days of Noah. Uh, something that caught my interest was in the millennial reign, we'll live up to a thousand years old. And uh, there are no mountains because they're brought down at the end of the Great Tribulation, so it's flat. And I think it said there's no oceans. What I was wondering is uh, there are there are no mountains, and I believe before the flood there may not have been any mountains. There wasn't trade winds. Uh, there was a canopy over the earth, and that canopy was dropped onto the earth. Could possibly uh, the canopy be restored, allowing men to live to be a thousand years old? And basically, there will be no trade winds during the great uh, during the millennial reign because there are no mountains. So, are we going to be? And, and are there other parallels that were in existence before the flood that we might be experiencing during the millennial reign? What do you think? Um, I'm very unfamiliar with that whole idea of no mountains and things like that in the millennial reign. Where are you referencing that from? In Revelations, uh, there was a great earthquake that brought all the mountains down. Hmm. Every, I think every mountain on earth, is, it's actually probably a you know, 20.5 on the Richter scale or off the Richter scale. And I think it's the, the, the chiefs and captains and priests go into the, into the mountains and they say, follow Well, they do. And I think it says the earthquake is so great, it brings all the mountains down. All right, I'm going to search that up real quick, because I have never Maybe heard one of the bowl judges. Before. But it was such a great shaking earthquake. on the earth that the, the earth had never seen that kind of an earthquake. And I, 
That's what yeah, I know. I know what you're meaning by that, but I'd never heard it connected to there being no more mountains on the entire planet. Um, so it looks like Revelation 16, 18 is where that's that's brought up. Let's see. I'll, I'll read. Uh, it's the seventh bowl. Revelation 16, 17 says, Then the seventh angel poured out his bowl into the air, and a loud voice came to the temple of heaven from the throne, saying, It is done. And there were noises and thunderings and lightnings, and there was a great earthquake, such a mighty earthquake as had not occurred uh, since men were on the earth. Now the great city was divided into three parts, and the cities of the nations fell, and Babylon was remembered, uh, and great Babylon was remembered before God to give her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. Then every island fled away, and the mountains were not found. Oh, the mountains were not found. There it is. Yeah, verse 20. And and so what I'm wondering is the, the all the oceans, I think there's no oceans. I'm just wondering um, if the oceans were put back up in the firmament were replaced. Since there are no mountains, there'd be no trade winds. Possibly the earth is put back on its straight north and south axis. There would be no polar caps. Uh, it would basically restore the earth back to pre-Noah's flood. And thus, for men to live to be a thousand years, I'm assuming that all where did the, where did all that water go? Back up in the canopy, preventing the ultraviolet rays from hitting men and slowing the aging process the way it was before the flood. That was my yeah, question. sure. I could I can absolutely see that um, being possible because you know the way that I mean it doesn't necessarily tell us exactly how that all plays out and like what you're saying where does the water go? And, you know, there's not necessarily a way for us to, to see that. Also, one of the things uh, that we're told in during Noah's flood is that the great fountains of the deep were loosed. So uh, the, a lot of water was stored um, underneath uh, the, the, the earth as well. Um, but I could absolutely see that the way that uh, the millennial reign of Jesus works and the way that it all comes together is, you know, re- restoring things back to the Garden of Eden status. And one other follow-up, will there be hunger, homelessness, disease during the millennial reign? I mean, if, if Christ's kingdom is here, Jesus is the great physician, uh, will we see almost all of that gone? Will there be greed, you know, like there is now, and, and people who work, you know, 60 hours and still live in poverty? I mean, is that going to be done away with? As far as, you know, I know men will have to work, I'm sure, and we're going to worry we as resurrected and glorified uh, will be, you know, rule with him. But are we going to still see the blight and the drug? I mean, I'm, you know, what? that's my question is, will things be a lot better than they are now, whether it be homelessness and hunger and things like that? Sure, yeah, I think that's a really good question. Now, while there isn't anything that specifically states anything about that concept specifically, um, here's what I can say. Uh, you did make a distinction, I think is a good one, is that um, the the believers who come back with Jesus will be in resurrected bodies, and that's important to note because you know it's it's not like uh, the believers who are with the Lord are going to be subject to the things uh, of the earth. Um, but there are a number of people who survive through the time of revelation and come to the end, and that those people are going to be the ones who are going to live these extended lives, all that kind of stuff. Um, and what you see happen in Revelation 20 is in verses 4 through 6, you have uh, the saints reigning with Jesus for a thousand years in that different time. And then in verses 7 through 10, you have the satanic rebellion that's crushed. Basically what it says in verse 7 is now, when the thousand years have expired, Satan will be released, and he'll go to deceive the nations who are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, 
to uh, uh, Gog and Magog to gather them together to battle those whose number is as the sand of the sea. So here's the question. Where do those people come from? Well, those people are people. Yeah, they were born on the planet during the thousand year reign. And here's what's wild. Even though Jesus is literally sitting on a throne, ruling and reigning as the perfect ruler, the, the one that we're always looking for every time an election comes up or a new king takes position or queen takes position in some other nation uh, or prime minister or something, Jesus is going to be the actual perfect ruler, and there are still going to be people who rebel and fight against him. How is that possible? Well, because even in the millennial reign, things are not completely restored the way they will be in the new heaven and new earth, the new Jerusalem. Um, this right. is where all sin is gone. So during the thousand-year reign of Jesus, sin is still possible. Um, and so while I would say it makes sense to me that at the very beginning of Jesus' reign, everything will be reset to being as close to perfect as can, as can possibly be. Men are fallen and people will still uh, abandon the Lord. So it's quite possible that any, any kind of sin or effects of sin could still be, um, could still be possible. Well, that'll be awesome to find that out in person. I can't wait. And, yeah. um, um, God, God bless you guys and get to another call so we can help as many people. Amen. Thanks you for can. your call. I Thank appreciate you, it. Mm. Right, God bless you. Yep. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. My name is Cody King. It's my privilege to be able to be in studio here with you to answer your questions and uh, take your calls and pray with you. Got a uh, text question here. Uh, somebody says uh, something's on their heart. Will believers know uh, when we are in heaven that any of our friends or loved ones didn't make it? Very sad to think about. Thank you for your thoughts. Um, uh, here, here's the very general thing that I would say. Scripture tells us that when we see Jesus face-to-face, we will know as we are known. Um, So here's what I would say to that. Essentially, there's no reason for me to think that when I'm in heaven, I would know less than I know now. Um, And while, yes, it would be a a sad thing to think about people who have not um, trusted in the Lord, it will also be something that is balanced by the goodness and justice of God. God is just. He is merciful. He is kind. He is gracious. And those who choose to go to hell, because God sends no one to hell, those who choose to go to hell do so by stepping over the bloody body of Jesus to plunge themselves into hell. Uh, and so, yes, it's sad, but it is it is something that is their own rejection of the Lord. So um, I know that's, a, that's, a, that's definitely a hard one. Um, so let's go to line one in Anastasia, uh, line one in Denver. Anastasia, you're on Calvary Live. Hi, how are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Um, I had a couple questions if we have time. All right. Let's, uh, let's see what we can do. My first one was um, my, my sister, who's not a believer, I had like a really bad eczema outbreak, and it's a chronic condition. And I told her I was on my way to the to the urgent care. And I told her, you know, with eczema, it most likely, you know, we'll stay here for life. And she told me, oh, well, didn't you say that you can do everything with Jesus, that everything's possible? Okay. And I told and I told her, like, oh, yes, you know, like, I mean, I said, yeah, thank you. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, Philippians 4.13. Thank you for reminding me. But I was just wondering, like, was that the right thing to say, or what do you say to somebody who says something like that? Because she was sure. trying to, yeah. 
So she she was kind of goading you, saying, "Oh, I thought your God yeah. was strong." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because like, I was like, "It's a chronic thanks. condition; it'll stay here for life." And she's like, yeah. "Oh, well, you said you could do anything with Jesus." And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So uh, I would point to a, a number of things. So that I think that's good. Yeah. Hey, thanks for the reminder. But I would also point to um, the Apostle Paul was given what what Scripture says in Second Corinthians, a thorn in the flesh, and he prayed that the Lord would remove it, and God said, "Nope." Um, you're going to live with this. And so what, what is the thorn in the flesh? We don't know. People have all sorts of theories and ideas about it. Some people would even say that he had some sort of eye condition um, that was probably even gross to look at uh, because in another another one of the, the books of the Bible, I can't remember which one, I think it's maybe Philippians or something, he says, you would have poked out your own eye and given it to me. Uh, and so anyway, what it is is really beside the point. The point is, God did not alleviate his suffering because he because Paul prayed. Um, sometimes God allows suffering into our lives and allows difficulty into our lives uh, for, for reasons that we may not understand this side of heaven. Um, and so it's not up to us to—well, here, here's what I would say. People have an idea about God and prayer that God is like a pinata and prayer's the stick. And I just hit him hard <laughs> enough until stuff good stuff falls out, right? And that's just yeah. a crazy idea about God. Um, and so, you know, uh, people just want to think that, you know, if God does exist, then why is there bad things happening in the world, blaming God for the bad things? But the truth is, we live in a fallen world, and our bodies are broken. Um, and so I, that's the way I would deal with it. Okay. Does that help you at all? Yes, that helped me a lot. So, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I kind of understood that also, like, you know, I, from reading the Bible that, you know, if you pray and if you have faith that he will deliver what you need to you. But at the same time, you know, his will will always be done no matter what above yours, about what you want. So, yeah, absolutely. That's, just, okay. that's, that, that's the hard part, right? It's, it's that why would I pray to a God who knows everything and ask him for things? Because he tells us that we should. In James, we're actually told in James 4, you don't have simply because you don't ask. So here's the thought. God already has, by his grace, he has things that he's ready to give you, things that he wants to do, and he's just waiting for you to ask him for it. Um, but a lot of times what we end up doing is we don't ask God for it. And it could be that we asked him for something in the past and he didn't do that, or we think we don't deserve it or whatever it is. But you know, I think we should just come to him and freely ask, but ask with sort of an open hand. God, you're free to do whatever you want, and I'll trust you for it. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much. That's perfect. Absolutely. That's yeah. God bless you, Anastasia. Perfect. It was great to talk to you. Uh, I just had one more question. If sure. You have time. Yeah. A quick question. Somebody gave me a candle that was blessed, okay. and I didn't know what to say to that. I was like, I don't think objects, or I don't know. Yeah. I mean, oh, God... God blesses things, not people, not a priest or a pastor. I, I mean, I don't know. I was just wondering about that. Sure. I think that's one where it would sort of depend on the relationship I had with the person and how much time I had to really talk through it with them. For the most part, I would say thanks. And then, I don't know, I'm not a candle guy, so I'd probably throw it away. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But if you but like the candle, then I don't, it like, I don't think there's any way to bless an object or, or not. Okay. There, I mean, I didn't think there was anything in the scripture saying that people can bless, like, even if you're a pastor or somebody super righteous, and I didn't yeah. think you could bless something and it'd be blessed. Yeah, I, like holy water? I agree with you. Yeah, I agree. I think most of that is 
people trying to take advantage of others and running a racket okay. to get their money. Okay, okay. Really good to know. Yeah, absolutely. God bless you. Thank See you. God bless you so much. Thank you. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. See ya. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. It's good to be able to be with you today. We're going to try to see if we can get another call, maybe two in. Uh, Let's go to line two and Ryder here in Colorado. Ryder, you're on Calvary Live. Hi. Hi. What was your question, Um, Ryder? Well, um, I just had a prayer request. Um, Okay. I just lost a family member, and so I was wondering if you could pray for me. Did you say that you had lost a family member? Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. I'm sure that's very difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's pray for you. Okay. Lord, we want to bring Ryder to you and just pray that you would bring your comfort and your peace during this time. It's very difficult to lose a loved one. It's very hard to to uh, uh, go through um, the loss of someone who we care for and someone who we are um, grateful for. And we pray for Ryder and her family that, Lord, you be with them and that you would encourage them, that you'd be near, and that you would uh, overshadow their family with your presence. That, Lord, your word tells us that you're near to the brokenhearted, and we pray that you'd be near to them in this time, and that uh, this would be an opportunity for faith to be stirred up and for you to be glorified. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you, Ryder. Thank you for calling in and allowing us to pray with you. Yeah. Thank you for praying with me. Absolutely. Have a great rest of your day. You too. Okay, bye. Bye. All right, we're going to try to, with the next few minutes uh, of some uh, of, of our time here, go to the uh, text lines and see if I can answer as many uh, question, questions as I can. Someone texts in and says, good to hear from you this afternoon, Cody. Hey, thanks. Uh, it's great to be able to serve this way. I love to be able to do so. Uh, someone else says, hello, I have a question uh, what foods are we not to eat as Christians? Wouldn't they be the same as Jewish forbidden foods? Um, the answer to that question very simply is no. Um, there is no um, limitation as far as what kinds of foods you can eat. The Jewish law was written for ceremonial purposes, also just for you know um, health reasons, you know, like shellfish or pork or whatever, you have to cook it a certain way and shellfish, you have to harvest it at certain times, that kind of thing in order to make sure that you don't get poisoned. But in the book of Acts, um, I'm trying to find it here real quick. In the book of Acts, there was actually a council um, that got together on this exact question. Um, And I think it was chapter 13. Um, And let me see here. Trying to find it. Oh, it's actually chapter 15. Um, so there's a council in Jerusalem, and what they what they do, Acts chapter 15, verses 6, uh, basically through the end of the chapter there, uh, outlines this idea a- a- about how what kind what parts of the Jewish law need to be kept. Um, and so uh, basically uh, it was it was just live a pure life. Don't worry about it. If you like it, eat it. Um, so that one is uh, it's a good question. All right. Um, let's see. Someone, oh, someone texts back. Thank you for, uh, for your wisdom on that. You're welcome. It's glad to be able to, to serve you that way. Um, someone has, let's see. Someone says, uh, okay, so someone's asking for prayers for their family because they have coronavirus and... 
Um, so let's pray for uh, pray, pray for this person. Lord, we, we lift up this, uh, this text message that we've received. We, you know who they are. We pray that you would be with them and that you would uh, bring comfort to them and that you bring healing to them. As many people are dealing with uh, the, uh, trying to struggle with coronavirus and all of the effects of that, we pray that you'd be near to them and that you bring your healing. God, you are the great physician, so we trust you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Another text message here uh, says, uh, Hey, Pastor, can you pr please pray for our church in Greeley? Our pastor is moving to Louisiana, and we need a pastor. Thank you. Hey, um, th thanks for calling or texting in about that. It's uh, I'm privileged to be able to do so. I know that that can be a very difficult thing. So I'd love to pray for your church. And also, hey, maybe there's a pastor uh, listening in who's uh, thinking that God's leading them somewhere, and maybe this is the connection that they needed. So who knows what God's doing through all that. But let's uh, let's pray for your church. Uh, Father, we want to lift up this church to you and recognize and realize that all churches um, with a lowercase c, they all belong to you. Jesus, you are the senior pastor of the church. You're the chief shepherd. And as this pastor is uh, leaving from uh, from Greeley, we pray that you would be near to, to the church that uh, is being left, that people would be comforted, that the sheep wouldn't be scattered, and that, God, you would raise up a faithful, godly pastor uh, to come alongside uh, of the, the leadership that are already there, uh, a faithful man who will care for and love your people, who will open the word and feed them well. So Lord, we commit this to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining me today on Calvary Live. It's my privilege to be with you today. Um, and uh, look forward to the, our next time being able to be together. Until next time, may you grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. God bless you. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.